This is CliffCentral.com. CliffCentral.com, no borders, every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. It's a new day, it's a new era. Those are the sounds of DJ Stavo featuring Oliver Mtukuzi. So apt for the current situation in the country. It's a new era. Uh, Zimbabweans are celebrating. Uh, it's jubilation. A bit of skepticism here and there. But I think uh, let's soak in the moment. Let's remain positive. Because at the end of the day, uh, we've had hope for the past 20 years that Zimbabwe has been going through a very terrible period. But we're out of that period. Very surprisingly, uh, quite quickly. Uh, well, I mean, it's been 20 years, but no one assumed that change was going to come now and this swiftly. Right? It happened over seven days, no bloodshed. Uh, we had the whole of Zimbabwe as a nation united, uh, Indian, colored, black, white. It's been an amazing time. Uh, but of course, yes, those celebrations are done. Let's now celebrate an economy. And in the studio today, we've got Anne Lindlov, who's the president of the Zim SA Forum. We've had him on the show before when things were still bleak. And I was wondering, what on earth is this man doing? <laughs> what investors is he going to bring uh, to Zimbabwe um, with, uh, with the crisis that was there? You know, hyperinflation, uh, no currency, no form of an actual economy. Uh, but I guess you had preempted everything. I was like, welcome, Anne <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> also, hello to your listeners. I, I, I hope they're feeling the... Uh, the vibe of uh, uh, the new era in Zimbabwe. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> you talking about us uh, having the interview not long ago. Not long ago two, at all. Yeah, two, yeah. three months ago. Yeah. And uh, you were so skeptic and uh, you were so not sure of what exactly we were not doing. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, but uh, I, let me tell you today, we knew what we were doing. And uh, clearly so. Not, so I'm, I'm going to be looking for a job. I think I brought my CV somewhere. Let me get your email. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, Anile, before for for those listeners that are not aware of what the Zim SA form is, uh, our new listeners on cliffcentral.com, no borders, can you please expagate on what exactly the Zim SA form is? Well, let me just uh, take you a little bit back uh, to the history of Zim SA form. Uh, we we saw a need to 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 participate in the rebuilding of Zimbabwe, uh, and it's an organisation formed both of uh, Zimbabweans and South African business people, where we say, how can we work together? To, to, to push investment back into Zimbabwe and rebuild the country because we have seen a lot of uh, you know uh, people getting out of Zimbabwe because mm-hmm. of the economic situation, socioeconomic issues yes. basically. Yes. So the only best way to do it, instead of people fighting over resources and stuff like that, mm-hmm. why can't we all work together and say, what can we do together? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a neighbor to neighbor issue yeah. to say, okay, how can I help you so that mm-hmm. you also find yourself better tomorrow? So th- that's how we came together. It, it was an exercise where we engaged. Uh, even uh, the the ambassador of the Republic of Zimbabwe in South Africa to mm-hmm. say, is this a good initiative? Can can we do this? Is it acceptable within the spaces of government for us to? And we got so much support. I must I must really. I do remember you, know, you brought um, yeah. you brought our now uh, uh, president of Zimbabwe, Emerson Nangagwe, <coughs> here for your first. Uh, 
what was it? Conference. Conference, Conference yeah. yes. In actual fact, that was the second one that he attended of okay. uh, the Zimese Forum. The first one was in Midrand, where he was just passing by and he was able to make a stop. It shows the commitment of government to say, how can we work together mm-hmm. with our fellow neighbors, with uh, the, the, the diasporans, the diaspora community to rebuild the country. So you could hear his tone now that you have gone to that, to that area. Exactly. Let, let me tap into it quickly. You can hear his tone when, when he was speaking about investment. You can see his passion, his dedication to have that honest conversation about the challenges that uh, Zimbabwe is facing. Exactly, because <coughs> at one point in time, we did think that our government was in denial. <coughs> However, before we move into um, the, the work that the ZimSA Forum is doing, yeah. let's look a bit deeper into uh, the way forward for Zimbabwe in regards to, I mean, the biggest issue on the table right now is economic, first of all, reforming the policies to include the international community as well as foreign direct in, uh, investment. And generally the path that the country has to take in order to resuscitate, um, a very dilapidated economy. Okay. It's, it's when, 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 uh, <coughs> the, the CEO of a company sets the tone, every other person has to follow it. Now, uh, <coughs> Tapping into the speech, the inauguration speech, where he said, we have to hit the ground running. Yes. That is the tone that everybody was waiting to hear. And uh, also saying, let's fix these state departments which are dysfunctional, which are an impediment to investment. The slothfulness so within our, our public service. <coughs> exactly. Yes, definitely. You know, because exactly, you use the right term. So you, you, you look at all those particular things. Now, yes, you understand, as the current president, that every other Zimbabwean hope is in his hands. Yes, true. Everybody's looking up to him. He has said so many right things. He has made very good steps. I mean, his first and 10 days have been his, amazing. Yeah. His first 10 days have been very amazing because he is not, he's so focused to changing the face of the country. People may say whatever they want to say, but just look at the actions of the man. He's not really big on words, exactly, but he's yes, big on yes. action. And I think that's yeah. something we've had a problem uh, with yeah. in Zimbabwe because mm. we've only known one president and we've mm. always loved the way he articulated himself uh, at the United yes. Nations, at the General yeah. Assembly, whenever he went for state visits. Yeah. But articulation and, and, and English does not feed the people <laughs> of, of, of a nation. And that's one thing about um, MSM Nangagwa. He might not be the most eloquent of individuals, but there is substance to what he's saying and his and his his. His words are followed by action. He's very good in action. He did say that, uh, you know, this problem that we have in the country is not going to be fixed by speeches, but it's going to be fixed by action. And uh, he's not really a big media person if you follow mm-hmm. him. He will mm-hmm. say his speech and after that it disappears. Yes. Uh, Whatever he talks, look at his actions. Those are the things that speak more louder. And uh, we are looking forward to the next 100 days. And, uh, you know, there's this perception about people saying let's see what his next move is mm-hmm. let's, see, let's mm-hmm. stop saying that let's see, let's say how can we we assist pass, participate exactly how and can it's we work typical john f kennedy mantra of exactly don't ask what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country you see there we go and so, it's a concerted effort amongst exactly. all zimbabweans exactly. local and regional in the diaspora mm-hmm. That's what he said on his speech to say now it's time for Zimbabwe, the regional, the regional community, the international community. Yes. He was very inclusive to yes. say, can you help us rebuild our country? Mm-hmm. But there is this thing about people that says something is going to fall from somewhere to exactly. help us. Yeah. But look, I think Zimbabweans have set a very good history. Mm-hmm. You know, the way how they did the whole process of... Uh, we, I think <laughs> we have gained the confidence. As a people, we have gained the confidence of the international community to say the one African state... 
that was able to change a whole dictatorship yes. without any bloodshed. Without any bloodshed. Smart. Exactly. Clean. Yeah. Even the strike. No one was, yeah. was injured. I saw Raila Odinga <laughs> in Kenya saying, we're going to take over the country the way Mnangagwa did, but he had guns and ammunition and police. Around. Um, that, that's not how the country was taken over. Exactly. But it was the Zimbabwean people speak. That, that's one thing also that we have to clear up. It was the Zimbabwean people. Yes. The Zimbabwean people who went on the street. Exactly. So it was not a coup. I mean, no, 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 And no. the media has constantly <clears throat> been using the word coup. Or military takeover. It was not. It was a military intervention. <laughs> intervention. That then led to a constitutional, constitutionally uh, <clears throat> based removal of a sitting president. Of an incumbent president. Yes. You know, and also the show of people saying, no, we don't want you anymore. Exactly. Can you, can, can you move aside and give somebody else a chance? Exactly. You know, but, you know, going forward, uh, I think every Zimbabwean is excited. You mm. saw the celebrations all over the world, yes. America, wherever, you name it. And uh, you saw the discipline of the people of Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. the way how they carried themselves throughout the Precisely. whole process. But, Anele, yeah. we, we do agree that the international community has gained confidence in Zimbabwe. Yes. Do you think they have confidence in Emerson Mnangagwa? Look, <clears throat> from the look of things, he has been very consistent. And uh, that gives that should give the international community the confidence to say, we have got the right men in leadership, mm-hmm. who has got his heart in the right place. To really rebuild Zimbabwe and also to allow uh, the investment community. Now, this is the most important thing. He spoke a lot about policies, which mm-hmm. he has been working on, by the way, previously in the previous uh, 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 administration, mm-hmm. to change the policies that are an impediment to investment, yes. which is the most critical aspect of government. You know, if you've got bad policies, exactly. no investor will be interested in investing in the mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. But in this case, he has been working very hard. And now he's promising to even speed it up more so that in the investor... You you gotta gain the confidence and the respect and the trust of the investor community. Yes. How do you do that? Number one, you have to have the right people in the cabinet to to, to make sure that a service delivery is done. To make sure that the entry of invest, investors into the country is 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 more efficient mm-hmm. and more mm-hmm. friendly. You yes. Know? Yes. He has said that this, to their interests as well as ours. Exactly. He has spoken a lot about the bureaucratic processes that delay where an investor will come and put proposals and the next thing they are on somebody's desk. It's lying idle, gaining dust. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, while is the investor sitting waiting for a response on the newspaper, somebody else has taken over that. You mm-hmm. ask yourself, how did that happen? He has spoken a lot about corruption. We know that corruption leaves people poor. It's a corrosive thing mm-hmm. that you know, it's it's a scourge that has to be dealt with. Yes, and yes. we have seen his swift action exactly. for these few days. That, I, I think yeah. one of the biggest uh, and, and best moves he's made yeah. was giving the three-month moratorium to say, okay, if you did externalize state assets or funds, exactly. we give you three months to return them, yeah. and we will maintain um, uh, immunity yes. for everything that you have done. Just bring it back. Yeah. After three months, we are cracking down. You know what? What else can you ask for? Exactly. This is the time where everybody who has externalized funds out it's of the country. It's almost an indirect hmm. peace and reconciliation commission. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I mean, he's coming out and he's extending an in, in, in olive branch. He's, a, he's expand, ex- extending, you know, this is a peaceful request to say, guys, can, 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 we, can you fix this thing? You were wrong. You know it. You committed a crime. You know it. But here is a, a window where you can actually fix your things and get them in order. Mm-hmm. And that will help every other Zimbabwe to be able to get to go to the bank. Uh, you, you heard him quite clearly. Exactly. That he would like to see a situation where every other Zimbabwe will be able to access their savings yes. at any given moment. Exactly. And how long have the people waited for that? Exactly. With bated breath. Yes. They've waited for so long. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is... Uh, 
that, that is hope. That, that is, yeah. But before we go back into <clears throat> the Zim SA forum and, and what exactly yeah. your role in, in, in the resuscitation of the economy of Zimbabwe is going to be, let's look at from a more political level. Um, my assumption uh, had been that we not hold, or my suggestion had been that we not hold elections in 2018 because the feeling is that the country is not ready. Why not focus on the economy first? Uh, maybe have a, a national transitional authority made up of multi-party individuals to pave way, first of all, for the economy to resuscitate and then pave way for free and fair elections and change the impediments to free and fair elections. But it seems like we're going ahead with elections. How do you feel about that from an economic perspective? Are we not delaying the resuscitation by saying, okay, now let's focus on elections and then get into the economy? And isn't that a conundrum for, for the president himself? Not because really. now he has two agendas. Yeah, not really, no. Look, I mean, uh, the, the, the party could have gone that route quite easily mm-hmm. if they wanted to. But you know what? If, if you want to show uh, uh, sort of like um, in, in, uh, that attitude that says, no, we are here to work things in a proper manner, in a okay. proper way. Okay. You don't want to then start fiddling with uh, changing Because the assumption <coughs> might be that he's prolonging his time in power. His time in power, you know. And he's simply sending a message saying, no, it's not because I was hungry for power. Mm-hmm. It's because we needed to change things, you exactly. know, and fix them for our people. And then <coughs> directly afterwards, we're going to get into elections and have people vote for the person Fuck. they really want. He said it very clear. He said the word of the people is the one for the gods. It's the one that stands. <laughs> so if, if, if you look at that It tells you that the man is not there Just for his own interest mm-hmm. He is there to protect the interests Of the people of Zimbabwe Another problem with yeah. national transitional authorities Or for example our former government of national unity The yes. GNU Is that yes you are bringing people together With one vision of you know uh, Rebuilding a nation But at the same time these are people with different policies So there's bound to be a clashing so in as much as we think that it might correct the situation, it might actually not because you've got people who are all confused, who are all coming in. I remember someone telling me that um, uh, back when we had the GNU, Patrick Chinamasa would meet with Tendai Biti. And if Tendai Biti was wearing a red shirt, that would start a problem. No, you're wearing your party colors here. This is a government of national unity. So I do think that let's have one set of policies. Um, from one institution, as opposed to bringing different policies from from multi-party organizations, then clashing and actually maybe stifling the progress of the state. However, uh, from there on, the Zim SA Forum, what steps are you going to take, or have you already started taking, in order to be included in the process of resuscitating our, our economy? We have already been included in the process of resulting our economy. You spoke about the conference that we had where mm-hmm. we signed an MOU with the government uh, to participate in the <clears throat> rebuilding of the economy. So we are already part of that and we are already engaged. We have had so many talks, so many meetings, so many investors uh, coming into the country uh, wanting to invest. But obviously during this transition period, they thought, you know what, let's just hold on for a week or two exactly. to, to, to allow for government to settle down for the cabinet to be put in place mm-hmm. so that we can now go in, I mean, full force. These are people who are carrying big, I mean, billions in their coffers <laughs> from all over the world. I mean, <clears throat> for example, I was in a conference in Serbia not long ago where, after obviously presenting what the country had to offer uh, immediately, there was a feeling that, you know what, we have to revive the bilateral relations with Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. There, were, they, they, there is this thing now where investors, you wake up in the morning, you go to your emails, you calls, we are inundated with investors who are saying, when are we going in? We, what do we do? And uh, we, we, we are looking forward to that. We are going to take all the investors into the country. 
and now it's for now this is the most important part mm-hmm. it is for the ministries to make sure that when we bring those investors things they, the um, processes are the not, processes, are not are, there's not too much red yes, tape the processes are quicker and you know what the responding to an investor is very important mm-hmm. you don't just keep quiet and take somebody else and you know, give them that opportunity exactly. that the other investor. Exactly, yeah. You respond and say you were not successful, or you get into negotiations yes. with the investor. Say no, we we cannot give you this, but we can allow you to do that. That, that is normal procedure. But for for the minister to just keep quiet and go dead, it doesn't help. In layman terms, don't wait for the investor to start saying, "Oh, how far are we?" Exactly. Call them and tell them, you know, with 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 updates, updates, exactly. and say, "This is the progress that we've made. Mm. We're currently waiting for this signature to be put down. This yes. is where we are, but we will be in touch." Exactly. So. You know the things like, uh, for example, the investors in Zimbabwe, the investors in Zimbabwe, sort of like a gateway into the country where investors are welcome and everything is done. We're talking about simplifying the registration of company processes, right? We're talking about uh, uh, permits for for foreign investors. Yes, yeah. yes, we are exactly. talking about all those things. We're talking about easing everything so that when the investor walks in and say, I've got 20 billion, mm-hmm. where do you want me to put it? There must be somebody who says, no, we have got this, we have got that, pick what you want, where can you go? And then the negotiations begin almost immediately. Mm-hmm. And those things are going to make the economy grow faster. Now, having said that, you know, as MSA Forum, we have always driven this concept that says Zimbabwe is a greenfield. We, we, we don't have to build the normal railway lines mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that everybody else is building. You know, we have to be careful of the kind of investors that we bring into the country and give them an idea to say, look, don't come here. I was going to say that. that <laughs> is there not, because we cannot run yeah. away from that fear. Yeah. Robert Mugabe, to a certain extent, was right. Yeah. Neocolonialism is a fact. It exists. It is on the ground. Yeah. Are we still safeguarding the resources of the nation and, and, and the nation being able to, to gain from... Let's, let's not call it the exploitation, but I mean the business that our, these foreigners are coming to do within the country. Exactly. Because we did lose a lot yeah. of money in, in, in the minefields. True. And we, no, no, no. We, not only that. We also, we, you know, lose a lot of uh, our commodities because they are stolen out of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you remember the stories of yes. 15 million or 15 billion. billion yes. is that, that, that is the smallest. You remember the research that was done by Tabompeg to say Africa loses over probably 65 trillion or 65 billion every wow. year because of theft of resources out of Africa. And then you buy a ring today. We've got gold. We've mm-hmm. got diamonds. We've got everything. Exactly. We can actually produce, we can create a value chain system where we have got refineries that mm-hmm. can actually do so that we, we are the ones who, who send, I mean, completed goods to yes, Europe instead exactly. of them taking our goods and, doing and then it. sending them back but to us. The point that I was going to, we have to tell the world that don't come here and build a structure that does, that, that is not meaningful. Build st- structures of the future. Build infrastructure of the future. We want our country to be built in such a way that other countries will take another 20 years to catch up with us. Exactly. You know, if you go and build a Santan, for example, in Bulawayo, you'll be wasting your time. By the time you finish that Santan, the the, the Santan that you left behind would have advanced. (laughs) But let's say to the investors, guys, come in with good concepts like in Dubai. You see what's happening. Those are buildings of the future. It's going to take even the most advanced countries in the world to To catch catch up up with Dubai. It's going to take, you know... And Dubai has has preempted the the running out of their resources. Exactly. So they're saying, okay, when this oil that we base our economy on is done with, what have we used that, the resources from that oil yeah. um, to build to make sure that we continue gaining from... Exactly. They're looking forward to tourism. Good. So 
Zimbabwe offers all those things, but don't come to the country and build a railway line or we, we need fast trains. For example, we need to be speaking to Japan. We need to be speaking to, to countries that can offer fast trains, like for example, from, from Bepish to Bulawayo to Harare to Chirundu. Mm-hmm. We must have those fast trains instead of sitting in a bus for over how many hours? Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 hours. We should be definitely be able to travel within an hour or two and be able to get to destinations. The buildings of the future. Look at the badge in Dubai, for example. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. If you come in there and build another hotel that is boring, <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. has got no uh, sort of like, and energy as well. We need to be green conscious as a country. It's, it's extremely important. Green energy is very important. We do have an opportunity to be way ahead mm-hmm. of each and every other country in the world in terms of being green. You know, and we have got a lot of land, open spaces. Solar farms have to come into place. Green energy is very important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When we talk about roads, let's not do those uh, dual carriages. It's an old-fashioned thing. Let's do roads, autobans, for example, Mm -hmm. in Germany. Exactly. exactly. You know, an open road from uh, Bedbridge to Bulawayo to Harare, Mm -hmm. you know, and avoid the terrible accidents that we've seen on our roads. Exactly. And also be very strict in terms of managing the way how people drive and changing that attitude because we see it a lot. How do we change that? We have to minimize transportation of goods and people in, in trucks, in vans and everything and provide efficient transportation that people will park their cars. For example, I gave the fast trains. People will park their cars at a train station mm-hmm. and hop into a train exactly. and know that in the next three hours I'll be in Johannesburg. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's not far. You, you fly how many hours? And, and it yeah. makes business smoother. Exactly. Now, here is a very interesting thing. We have got over, probably in a day, 50, 100 flights that fly over our airspace, passing our country, coming to land in other countries. For example, at Oartambo exactly. or at Lanseria yeah. or in yeah. Cape Town. Because we don't have good infrastructure in terms of the airlines. We need to develop our airports to be the state of the art. And Zimbabwe is central <coughs> within the region. It's the pulse of Africa. Mm. It is the center of Africa. You can't deny that. That's why everybody passes through us, whether by road or by air. <laughs> you have to pass through Zimbabwe. So, you, you look at all I those mean, things. you're also <laughs> going into now brand Zimbabwe. Yes. How are we pushing brand Zimbabwe? Is, there needs to be a rebranding of brand Zimbabwe. Is the ZimSA form in any way involved in, in, in a project of that nature? Thank you so much for bringing that up. <clears throat> we, we have to rebrand the country. We have to give it an outlook. And it can only be done by its citizens. We have engaged uh, government at that level. We will keep on engaging them. We have engaged uh, the proudly South African to say, guys, can you come on board and assist us to rebrand the country? We really need to rebrand the country. We need to build a proudly Zimbabwean so that our people can regain their confidence. That is long been stolen away from them you mm-hmm. know so that people can walk proud and be proud to be zimbabwean it, it should be a brand that speaks volumes like any other country you know exactly you say, people go to countries says i'm american and everybody seems to pay yeah. attention i'm from america <laughs> yes from america so we need a situation where a zimbabwean can go to america and say i'm zimbabwean and everybody must be able to pay attention mm-hmm. so for that to happen we need to rebrand the country we need to give it a new outlook so that each and every other citizen of zimbabwe knows that i walk with pride and dignity because my country my country is a world power it makes a statement just by saying I'm Zimbabwean should make the whole room or house <laughs> keep quiet, you know. Definitely. And, and you can't run away from our biggest resource, which is our human capital. We have an amazing people. So, I you mean, getting brand Zimbabwe back up shouldn't be a problem. How many countries have we built uh, for people? For example, imagine South Africa, the roads, 
who build the roads. <laughs> Everybody will tell you that it's Zimbabweans who build. Uh, right now, if all Zimbabweans would say, okay, fine, thank you so much, uh, South Africa, you've hosted us I wish so the well. Li- I wish the listeners could see Anil Rana because he just stood up. <laughs> That's how proud he is. He just stood up. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what? We, we are everywhere. And we have participated in the rebuilding of our neighboring countries, not only South Africa. Botswana will tell you the same thing. Zambia will tell you the same thing. We are everywhere. America, Britain, we are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So we have helped rebuild because of our education, strong education system. You know, it has given us that foundation that makes us who we are. We're able to articulate ourselves properly. We're able to go into places and change the outlook of any company, exactly. any government. You know, and... Uh, <clears throat> Surely the world owes us so much. We have helped them build their own country. Exactly. I mean, it, now it's there, time. There's for, no yeah. nation that you can visit where you don't find a Zimbabwean who is in a high-ranking position in either the corporate sectors or yeah, and playing a key role. You know, playing a key role and sincerely playing it. Exactly. Underline the word yes, sincerely. sincerely yes, playing yes, yes, yes. their role and adding value to whichever country they are in. You know. So based on that, the world owes us. The region owes us. Uh, our neighboring countries owe us that much to say, guys, we are ready to help you mm-hmm. to rebuild your country. You have helped us build our own countries. We have got beautiful infrastructure. We have got roads. We have got everything. Your engineers have been helping us to build. Now it's these people's turn to come on board and say, how can we help you? Exactly. You know, exactly. Yes. And let's just take a quick break. Uh, we're going to be <clears throat> back. Stay tuned in. Cliffcenter.com. No borders. Kev Malindi. Cliffcentral.com, no borders, we're back. Uh, a very exciting and passionate conversation I've been having with Anilin Lovu, president of the ZMSA Forum. We're joined in the studio with my co-host Daryl. What's good, brother? I'm good. How are you doing, Kim? Not too bad. Banks are messing around with our money. They're messing around. Man, everybody been paid, so everybody, hey, people will draw the whole amount. <laughs> All of it. All of it. They're like Zimbabweans, man. The minute money gets into your account, you're like, hey, well, I can't trust <laughs> these let's banks. Let's take it out. Let's, let's take, take it out. out. We're also joined in the studio by Simbam Dediri, a digital marketer based in Botswana. Yes, sir. So the conversation has been uh, Zimbabwe's celebration of, of a new era, a new regime within mm. the country, uh, progress in terms of uh, the political dispensation, but more so an e- economic resuscitation of, of the nation. Uh, and we had a very passionate discussion with uh, Anele earlier. But at the same time, we cannot run away because I think the solidarity of our country, of our countries as Africans, uh, are what's most mm. important. We can't run away from the mourning um, that is currently occurring in, in Libya with the, the slavery situation. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been talking about a lot on air and on, <clears throat> on um, other platforms. But uh, before we get into that, we were speaking of this MSA forum. Just to hear from someone else in the diaspora in terms of Simba, mm-hmm. uh, people who left the country, you know, obviously in pursuit of greener pastures. Right. Um, what do you think diasporans, what do you think the reaction has been uh, with diasporans right now? Do you think there's going to be an influx? Are people going to start coming home? Uh, is there is there confidence in the nation? Are people happy? Are people still skeptical? Well, look, I think at the at the moment there's been a lot of um, happiness, like you said. There's been a lot of happiness. There's been a lot of joy, uh, celebration, but not necessarily because of who's come ba- who's come into power, but who's left. Okay. So it's it's more about um, Uncle Bob is no longer 
the leader or the ruler of Zimbabwe, but as somebody else. Now, what will happen going forward, we can only wait and see. Because we don't know the inner workings of you know what just transpired. All we know is there's no more Mugabe mm-hmm. in the hot seat. So the diaspora is still skeptical. Diaspora is still skeptical. I mean, I left when I was still a, a young boy. I was like ten years old or so. Um, so I I can't even comment on you know people who left for work purposes. But I've grown up outside of Zimbabwe, have visited family and stuff. But I've grown up, grown up outside of Zim. People who are outside of Zimbabwe at the moment are happy about what's happened, but they are also very cautiously optimistic about what's going to happen in the future. Cautiously optimistic. I like I like the terminology. Yeah. Um, and and go, that would go back to Anele, exactly what you're saying, that there needs to be a rebranding of brand Zimbabwe in order to gain the full confidence of not just investors, but even the people of Zimbabwe who are abroad as well. Mm. It's extremely important to rebrand. <clears throat> um, right now, the country needs to send a different message. Under differently, as you rightfully said, yeah. you know, for the diaspora to gain confidence, for the uh, the whole world to to start paying attention to Zimbabwe, mm. a, a lot of rebranding needs to be done, uh, so that we can communicate a different message from what they've been hearing all along, and also to take away the caution part mm. and give people the confidence True. in order for them to come into the country and do investment. And by mm. the way, Simba, thank you so much. We've been watching you from a distance. <laughs> and doing. and uh, we hope that uh, you don't enter the country with caution, uh-huh. but with a lot of confidence. Absolutely. Because yes. we are going somewhere. Yeah. And the confidence should be in yourself as well. And we spoke about what it is that you can do for your country. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl and uh, a fr- very good friend of ours, Plot Marco, actually recently invested in the country by hosting the Zim Hip Hop Summit yeah. um, at um, the previously held Shoko Festival. Yeah. And that just goes to show, I mean, the not- people who are willing to do something for their country. Uh, but let's move on to Libya uh, and look at, you know, and people think it's just a matter of slavery. The, the conversation isn't merely about slavery. Mm-hmm. It goes much further than that because the same things that were occurring in Zimbabwe are what are occurring in West Africa because most of the migrants who are moving, um, who are stuck in Libya trying to use the Mediterranean to cross into Europe had left their countries because of similar problems um, that we were having in Zimbabwe. Economic wars, uh, but even more so for them, war and, and, and internal conflict. Mm. Anale, what do you think of, of the situation in Africa? This is not just a Zimbabwean or South African or Nigerian issue. This is an African issue in terms of economies. Or do you disagree? It is a challenge in the whole African continent. People want, may want to talk about modern day slavery and use it as sort of like an in thing term. But this has been happening for a long time, mm. uh, guys. Um, not only in Libya. It has been happening quietly. You know, we have seen the human trafficking element in it, mm-hmm. uh, where Africans are being still taken to Europe illegally to perform, uh, you know, the most horrendous duties you can ever imagine. <clears throat> you know, we've seen that challenge. Now, talking about Libya, Libya was destabilized. Let, let, let's face it, the going of uh, Muammar Gaddafi yeah. destabilized yes. uh, Libya. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you see the, the, the way how it was done, after that, the people who did it just left. Yes. They packed their bags. Actually, <laughs> Obama was on Fox News and he admitted, he was asked, what yeah. uh, was your greatest, what is your greatest regret or greatest failure? And he said, Libya. Yes. However, he didn't say the intervention into Libya was his greatest regret. He said that not planning or strategizing the after Muammar Gaddafi. Exactly. They left, they left Libya hanging. Yeah. And now we have got uh, all these uh, migrants uh, uh, trying to jump into other neighboring countries. And now, you know, the cartels, they'll take advantage of that yeah. because now they've got human beings that they can sell. You know, True. we yeah. have got people who are so inhuman 
that they can actually sell other human beings. And we have got people who are so inhuman that they can actually buy other human beings for slavery. Yeah, because it's purposes. not just the seller. It's a transaction, but you yeah. are selling a human being. So now the African Union is jumping up. Uh, you know what? I've always had my reservation with the African Union. I don't think they, <laughs> even the SADC, you, yeah. you know what? They don't seem to be as effective as they should be. You know, even the uh, the United Nations, mm. how do you wait for so long and make a conference? Why don't you intervene? Instead of making a conference, why don't you take that, that money? And, and, and I've, I've been speaking about this. I have said that these institutions that are actually meant to safeguard the rights of, of migrants mm. and the people of, of, yeah. of, of their territories, yes. mm. AU, the African Union, the EU, and they actually held the fifth um, AU, EU summit. It's actually being uh, currently going on. Yes. Yet... So what, we're going to sit in boardrooms, release press statements uh, as opposed to acting swiftly. It's a matter of sending planes to Libya now, sending delegates now and repatriating these people. That is the first step. Yes, it's like sending the army. We, we have got, is it still existing by the way? The African <laughs> Union army? Yes, ah, yes, okay. yes, yes, uh, it does. You see, I, I didn't even know that <laughs> it still exists. The you know. AU has a standing army exactly. that is, can also be supported by uh, member states um, uh, group armies. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But now, why have they taken so long to intervene? Seeing that some people decided to come and destroy mm. Libya, destroy the livelihood of people in Libya. Now that they're exposed, they're vulnerable. They're not even there anymore to get safeguard. But now let's talk about the, the African Union Army. Where are they? They should it, have it, been deployed. It, you know, it actually goes further yeah. than that because, first of all, the Libyan intervention was a, was a UN intervention, which was the first point of that should have been corrected. It should have been an AU intervention. Yeah. Uh, and the legalities behind it because. Libya is not state party to the Rome Statute, yeah. which means the ICC doesn't have jurisdiction over over um, Libya. Libya yeah. However, if the the inter, what's, um, the United Nations Security Council can pass a resolution, which will then for, be forwarded to the ICC, yeah. which is the only time that the ICC would have jurisdiction and be able to intervene. Mm. Um, but why do we go that far? We have our own institutions that can handle those matters. Exactly my point. We have got a problem, Simba. If, if you look at it from, from, from where we're sitting right now, yes. intervention should not require a conference. Absolutely. It requires <laughs> action. Intervention should happen before a conference. <laughs> exactly. The, the conference money should that be the after. Exactly. Yeah. To say we've intervened. Mm -hmm. And yeah, wh how can we move forward? Yes. We'll yeah. stop this level. The, in the meantime, people are safe. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're quarantined somewhere, yeah. but yes. they're safe. Yeah. Now how let's talk about... Forward? The way forward, yeah. you know, but these people talk about the way forward and make all these huge statements. I'm going to, be, I'm going to be controversial and say that's the one thing I like about Trump. Yeah, mm -hmm. he is. <laughs> that's very controversial he, already. He, yeah, he that does, one statement. He does yeah. not follow the diplomacy of world politics. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the diplomacy of world politics is what slows us down, mm -hmm. where you can't directly say, "Yo, you are messing up." You need to step down where you cannot directly say some things because people are afraid that it's politically incorrect. You have to go through certain structures and formalities. Uh, exactly. Those yeah. formalities when people are dying. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, sense. if we're, if we're yeah. having tea, fine, you know, I'll pretend like I like you. <laughs> but if people are being killed, I mean, yeah. something needs to be, needs to happen. Yeah. And he has changed that view of politics. Although I don't know about retweeting Islamists. <laughs> Islam, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like people who, like anti-Islam comments. And then when someone corrects you, Angela Merkel corrects him. He's like, yo, Angela, you worry about what's going on in Germany. <laughs> Seriously. No. He's, he's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. No, it's typical of Trump though. He, he, like you say, he is a very controversial figure. Um, he does have some smart things to say, but very rarely. <laughs> and when he does say them, you know, we kind of overlook those because of the silly yeah, stuff yeah, that he says yeah, afterwards. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, no, but the AU, um, Sadak, you know, just trying to get coming back to that. It's a, it's a problem, guys. Sadak almost messed up the Zimbabwean revolution. True. They yeah. almost. I think I think they only intervene when it's beneficial to them. Mm. I don't know these institutions. I mm. think it's all about profit somehow. So it's not about the people. It's, it's not, not about the people about, that's yeah. supposed to be represented. Sometimes not even just profits. It's about making sure that if these things, because I think what a lot of people, especially Jacob Zuma, was a bit worried about was if they manage to do this in Zim. And we don't intervene. This can now happen anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, that is the biggest fear, setting precedence. So the static had to come in in some form or manner. Yep. But they ended up becoming irrelevant because of the Zimbabwean <clears throat> people spoke. Yeah, they've been irrelevant for a long time. Don't only mention the Zimbabwean <laughs> situation. Uh, give me one good example. They failed to intervene in Lesotho. People are still dying. The, the army generals are being killed. Exactly. There's still instability. Mozambique. Yeah, Mozambique. Look at ECOWAS. When ECOWAS goes in, they go in decisively. A very good example because <laughs> exactly. because just last year there was the Gabon issue. Exactly, yeah. that was decisive. That, <clears throat> it was in fact, de- Zimbabwe. <clears throat> it, it was just a quieter revolution. Yeah, yeah. But Zimbabwe just made more noise. Yeah. But that was also a bloodless, a bloodless uh, <clears throat> takeover. Takeover. Yeah, <laughs> if you want to yeah. call it. Yeah, <laughs> avoid the word coup. So basically, if you look at all these institutions, what we are yeah. simply saying, instead of really. Uh, being hard on them in terms of criticizing, we're saying change your ways. Exactly, change your ways. That is the message that we are sending. Exactly, today. and we're not we're not just saying don't do that. Yeah. We're saying do this instead of doing that. Yes, correct. So we 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 we, we are here. I mean, a lot of people would want to contribute in the way how these whole things can be done. I was talking uh, a few days ago about the the peer review African peer review mechanism, which is well written. Which gives government a warning two, three years before things start happening, you know. And, but the only thing that lags, I asked the professor who wrote that book mm-hmm. and I said, okay, fine. This is beautiful. I've read through it. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. amazing. But where is the accountability mechanism? Mm-hmm. How do you hold these leaders accountable? Accountable, exactly. You know, if you, <clears throat> if you put up a law, but you have got no courts to put people to trial mm-hmm. for their, uh, Transgressions. It, it transgressions. It renders. What, it what, renders what is the use? It renders. Know? It renders yeah. the the law uh, redundant. <laughs> redundant, basically. It renders what you have put in place, the beautiful things that you've put in place, redundant, because you cannot hold people accountable. If you can be able to tell a government three years before to say you're going to have a problem because of these socio-economic issues, you're going to have xenophobic attacks because that's what they were talking about. To say we did give South Africa three years ahead before these things happened. Yes. And I said, okay, fine. It has happened now. What do you do about? Can you be able to hold anybody accountable? You know, no one was it, held accountable. Julius Julius Caesar had a person who walked yeah. beside him at, at all points in time. Yeah. Who his primary uh, uh, job role was to remind Julius that he's only a human being and not a god. Yes. Because of the way he was worshipped. Exactly. In 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 olden day um, uh, Greece. Why is it that uh, so we've been educated mm-hmm. as the youth of Africa, yeah, especially Zimbabweans? Mm-hmm. You send us to political science school. Mm-hmm. We've got people who are in Harvard and York University. <laughs> did the right I'm, thing. I'm about to do my other masters too. Just you know, hashtag. Just you know, as well. Yes. We're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. And then there is failure to include us in decision making matters. Mm-hmm. It does not make sense, Anile. And the one reservation I have with um, with uh, uh, His Excellency, I was just about to call him Ed. His Excellency Emerson Mnangagwa. <laughs> Is the cabinet that is just that is just announced? Well, uh, what the youth? What's that? The youth? Uh huh. The the the, the, youth, the ministry of youth. The ministry of ministry youth, youth, youth is run by a sixty-nine-year-old. Sixty-nine. Yeah. Youth. Don't but I even mean, remember when he was. It's actually a she, but then it, it that that's not. Okay, fine. Make the ministers all that. Are we being included in the conversation? 
Are we in these rooms giving our views since you sent us to school, since the world is changing and transforming on a daily basis? Are we there to suggest that, okay, we think this? Because, first of all, that's another problem. Mm. Besides inclusion, there's no mentorship in Africa. Ah, yes. Mentorship is a very big deal because getting a hold of Tabo Mbeki as an ordinary individual like myself, just say, Baba... Uh, what do you think about this, this and that Is yeah. literally impossible mm. They hold themselves to such high esteem and regard That they forget that Their legacy can only be propounded By the people that they leave mm. To take over and, and mm. run their legacy how are we? How are we? How are we going to change that in Africa? I mean, that is the biggest issue. I think that's a change that's actually occurring at the moment, though. I mean, we've we've come from a place where, like you say, we don't have those mentors who could leave those legacies behind for us. But slowly but surely, because of you know the help from where we've we've been to school, now we understand mm-hmm. what mentorship is. We are getting the mentorship we need. <clears throat> it's it's slowly coming into play, but maybe not as at fast rate as we'd like it to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you, you know what I've got reservations About your comment By all it, means it, it is a positive yes, comment But yes, I've yes. got serious reservations I am one person Who believes in young people mm-hmm. They've got so much potential And you cannot build A country into the future Without empowering The young people True. If you destroy The young people And you don't give A chance or space To express themselves You are basically Destroying the future True. That is the bottom line mm-hmm. Those people Who are now 69 Whatever the age They were once young mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they understand How frustrating it is Not to be given a chance to be able to play your role so let's not avoid it Mm. now there's a continuity issue that Mm. we all Mm. have to be Mm. wary of Uh, i'm saying this because now in leadership if you all select yourselves as the elite as you rightfully Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. and you stay in that the gatekeepers but you don't give young people a chance to come in as well and you teach them the ways of our fathers that is timeless creed Mm. That a lot of leaders ignore mm. A leader should be able to say On, on, on his uh, important sessions On one of the most priorities Say on Thursdays It's my day with young people mm. I just want to sit with young people Hear them expressing themselves out You know speak. It's the wise way of leadership mm-hmm. Wise way of doing things mm-hmm. And also in their spaces Give them space to express themselves Now one very important thing That I want to talk about Which has been a major frustration is young people getting funding, getting capital? They attend back on each and every. That is like I don't, even, I, I don't even try. Like the why? Banks, the banks, the funding institutions, yeah. everybody, the people, the billionaires. You go there, you present your concept. They turn you back. This is something. This is something that the West <clears throat> you know. has mastered. I've said this new, on numerous occasions on yeah. the show. Yeah. That you remember the billion dollar tweet? Where they call it the billion dollar tweet, where uh, one of the biggest funders of Uber sent out a tweet. Is like, guys, I have a couple hundred million. Uh, that I want to invest Does anyone have any ideas That are out of this world These boys had already started a company They had bought six te- cabs in New York City mm-hmm. They were trying this app out And they tweeted back And it has led to Uber Now Uber is not just taxis It's helicopters and boats in yeah. Miami Exactly, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing And mm. New York City I mean New York specifically Is an amazing Little country of its own Because you can literally Bump into a billionaire On the streets And be like Hey what's up I've got this idea mm-hmm. Yeah These people are Inaccessible in Africa Totally inaccessible Which we have to change By the way <clears throat> During our lifetime We have to have A Silicon Valley mm. I always say mm. Since Zimbabwe mm. Is the center of Africa We should have A Silicon Valley yes. And we have got Good places Where we can build mm-hmm. a, An invention center of that nature, even bigger yes. than Silicon Valley. True. But we need our billionaires who are only good on Facebook 
and on, <laughs> on Twitter and on our African billionaires who are only good to, to be called billionaires, but they are contributing nothing towards the growth of the young people. Mm-hmm. They must change their ways and empower young people, not only to be seen on TV or on Facebook or exactly. anywhere else, exactly. but to, 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 to really contribute positively. Mm-hmm. They have gained so much. <clears throat> And also to teach uh, young people how to run their businesses efficiently and successfully. So, and it's, it's really killed yeah. the motivation of young people because now we don't care. So if Strive Masiwa gives me a job at Econet today, I get a little company car. You know, I can afford an apartment. I can get back. You know, I, you know I, I'm like, no, I'm cool. You know, I've got a couple of thousand in my account. I'm like, no, I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool. I don't need anything else. And it's, it is so easy to appease us. Let's, yeah. let's not just put the blame on yeah, them. True. It is so easy to appease us as young people. Uh, it, it just the small things and very material things, you know, the difference between rich, being rich mm-hmm. and being wealthy. Yeah. yeah. And wealthy mm-hmm. does not always translate into money. True. Yeah. True. Wealth of yeah. knowledge. Yeah. 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 We, we, we've, we've always come from a place where, you know, the bigger the car you drive, mm. the better your life is. That's not the case. We're, Chinua Achebe in a man of the people said that the biggest, uh, floor of Africans was the motor, 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 uh, automobile. We are consumers. Yes. As Africans. Yeah. Never forget that. Mm. We like to wear Nike. We like to be seen mm. to be, you know, making a statement with mm. the way how we, we wear Gucci. If you know, <laughs> if I wanna say, you know we, we just want to be seen. But show me, show me somebody who's wearing an African produced product. Show me a, a, an African motor manufacturer. Who, who can say, you know what, mm. this car is manufactured where? In Africa. in Africa. What do we do? All those cars, the Mercedes-Benz, all those cars that we drive, the commodities come from where? From Africa. Africa exactly. And when yeah. we buy it from Germany, mm. from Japan, from whatever, we buy triple, triple the, the price. Triple the price, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So we have to sort of like, you know, get rid of the consumer mentality and now start really focusing on building our own legacies. And the governments should open those doors yeah, for us. Yeah, the banks, which are making so much money, they are ripping us off. They must give those opportunities to the young people to grow. Now, talking back about what... <clears throat> let me just quickly... Zimbabwe Forum is working towards that. What we did is we created a network of African young people who communicate on a daily basis. And we are saying, let's come up with ideas to change our own circumstances. No one is going to change our own circumstances. To the Zimbabwean and South African young people, I've said, why don't you, Simba, and uh, and Lebohang uh, come together mm-hmm. as, as Zimbabwe and the South African and say, you know what, we can do something in Zim. Mm-hmm. Let's go to TTI. Let's look for money. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's go to the IDC. You know? yeah, let's yeah. Go to the I- and then you, you come to us and say, guys, we can raise some capital. What can we do in Zim? Can we open a factory? Can we open a shop? Mm-hmm. Can we do? We need to. You know, destroy boundaries, not physically, mm-hmm. but mentally. Mm-hmm. Those border gates have to fall down mm-hmm. in such a way that we are Thank able you. No to borders. Shout out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, we need I need to, to patent that. You know what I mean? <laughs> no yes. You know. So if, if, if we create that particular culture where uh, uh, Bongani is not afraid to, uh, to work with Tinashe to say, okay, fine. Let's let's be merchants. Let's forget about this South Africa, Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. Mozambican thing. Let's think about being African. What can we do together? Mm-hmm. Once we have that mentality, Africa is going to go a long way. Look at Europe. We have to build something that's similar to Europe, where you can move from one country to another without being asked and be able to trade in the particular country. As long as you're comfortable, mm-hmm. as long as you're able to make a living, a free market system, mm-hmm. a borderless system. Yes, yeah. Because well, people uh, get it confused you know, when we say pan-Africanism. Uh, you know, the, the, the first assumption is that we want to create an African state. No. No. 
we are individuals let us <clears throat> let us live individually however let us create an african economy yes yeah. so even if we don't if, if, if we mine the, the, the diamonds in Zimbabwe, yes. let them be processed in South Africa or Ghana. Yes. Let us exchange amongst ourselves as Africans. Let wealth. us exchange, yes. Yeah. As opposed to having set, having to send it in Europe. And I mean, Kenya, uh, uh, Kenyatta did something very amazing recently. Mm. Yeah. He just dropped, um, dropped, uh, the visa requirement for Kenya. For all Africans. Africa, yeah. Furthermore, <laughs> he has east. said that all East Africans can travel to Kenya, live in Kenya with just and their right. IDs. Yeah. And that's it. And that the, is it. And the airport to trade, wow. you know. So Africa, African Union has been preaching that for how many years? Yeah, Somebody well. remind me. Mm. Since they were organization of African and then, unity. And then they created the, <laughs> then they created the, the African passport and gave it to pe- two people. One of them is Paul Kagame, who, who's already a leader and can travel wherever he wants to. They are a redundant organization. These institutions are... They are, they are, they are no. not so helpful. I don't know a single person appear, and, and I've worked for Zimbabwe Lawyers for Human Rights, I've worked for the Rockefeller Foundation, I've worked for Breakthrough International India and Japan, I've worked with so many civil society organizations, but even then, I know so many youth who have worked for the UN, but I don't know one who's worked for the African Union. <laughs> you know, imagine I've got friends who've worked for the UN. I can call UN friends now, but there's no one. I go through my AU, 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 not one. Yes, it's, exactly. That's ridiculous. But I, I it's think, ridiculous. Yeah, I think really, Simba, we yeah. have to go to a point where we say, <clears throat> number one, uh, the young people must be given space mm-hmm. and a chance. And uh, leaders should be able to have, during their busy schedules, in a week, once a week, mm-hmm. to sit down with young people yeah. and allow them to brainstorm. Mm-hmm. And in the Ministry of Youth, at least let's see some young people mm-hmm. participating. Yes, yes. Not older people. Yes, we mm-hmm. may have one older people to guide. Yes, but exactly. Give we can Run away from guidance. Yes, we we need a guide, but allow the young people their space. Give them their space Mm. to the financial institutions. Give people a chance. Mm. Give young people a chance. Those are your future bankers. Those are your future billionaires. Mm. Give them the money they need. And how do you do it if you've never worked for a bank? Exactly. Small businesses. You know, all the funding. Beside banks, there are so many funding mm. to the billionaires, to the capital companies. Think of startups. You know, instead of uh, uh, startups coming from America to fund African people, why don't African billionaires, banks, funnies fund their own exactly. people? Dangote, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got to cut it short. The Clear Central, no, no, yeah. no borders. It's always exciting on this show, especially at this point in time. Um, uh, both within the region and, and continent, amazing things happen. Amazing things yes. are happening. I think we, we see we see some progress. Africa is headed there. Africa is headed there. Uh, thank you very much, Simbamblele. Thank you very much, um, Zim SA Forum. Uh, our brother from the diaspora, Botswana, Daryl KF Malindi. Next time, same time, same place, same place, same day, same station. Thank you. <laughs> this is CliffCentral.com.